Welcome back, everybody, to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and ghost historian Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, is my co-hostess, Vanessa Hogel. And down in the chat room, Shauna shaking everything up, our chat shenanigator. We have a fantastic show coming up for you tonight. Our final show of the year is Alexandra Holzer, who just closed out the Holzer Files first season. She is a fantastic woman. She's a psychic paranormal investigator, a fantastic author, and just had a very successful first run of the Holster Files. And real quick, I want to share this story uh, before you know we get into the show, Alex. Um, you know, over the last couple of months, I've had a, a lot of people tell me that they absolutely love the show, the you know different events that I went to. Everybody was talking about the Holster Files. And I think the one that really topped it off, and those are, you know, fans, viewers, all that. I think the one that really topped it off, though, was a few weeks ago when I was in Las Vegas at the Shockfest uh, uh, Film Festival, and I'm having John uh, dinner with John Zaffis. And we're, we're talking about, you know, different shows and everything. And he says that he doesn't watch a lot of the shows. He might wa watch one episode to get an idea of what something is like. But when it came to the Holster Files, he's like, you know, that is a show I really like. I've watched it more than once now. I can really get behind that show. I love what they're doing. So um, to have a peer like that uh, of John Zaff is to say something like that. Alex, you have a very successful show out there. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, how, <laughs> how does it feel to have a successful show? A bit weird. Because, <laughs> well, you guys know me. And even though Vanessa, we recently connected, it's like we know each other for years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're working for 15 years in the public, trying to get information out, whether it's through publishing or acting like a journalist, with your articles out there and little filming here or there, this is a different animal because you've got money behind it. You've got serious people putting together this show and everything rides on it because you don't know the outcome. You can have a lot of great products out there, but they don't, they don't go anywhere and it's a shame. Like, you know, your favorite Netflix show gets canceled and you're like, but that was one of the best shows. Exactly. So, right. There's that uncertainty. Well, and this is such a, a fickle field to begin with, that there is absolutely no way to know which way it's going to ebb and flow. You know, people that like this algorithm of a show might not like this algorithm of a show, you know, and just how, how they do things. And so it, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. No matter how you do it, it's, you, you, you got a, as good a chance in Vegas, you know, <laughs> you really do, but, but you've done exceptionally well. I would say, I hope for the next season that we have more of you on it. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely love you, and you know, I really enjoy the uh, the old snippets, the the clips of your father and the trans medium. So you know, every everything holster related, I really enjoy about the show. Well, yes, bless you for that, and not bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> bless your heart. Bless your heart. Yeah. Your I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm a fast learner. Yes, you That's are. Right. Uh, you know, 
I love you guys for that. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I would love to participate more if it's asked of me, but it's not going to make or break my goals or passions mm -hmm. moving into 2020. This is a great project to get dad's work out there and to introduce people to a bit of who I am. And we go from there and everything else, part of it is historical and finding out what's going on today versus 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, there's a lot of moving parts for the show and I'm one part of that. So who, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, if we continue on, who knows? Hey, Alex, That's real quick. Do you have the volume to your computer on? Where the hell is it? Uh, I have no idea, but there is a little, um, a little feedback. So I'm like hearing you twice. So I don't know if the, the fans are hearing that as well, but, um, or the viewers. Oh, they, they need to respond. To um, I'm know. looking right now. I'm on a Chromebook. So okay. I don't know how this works. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Mac person. So. Okay. Well, I mean, we can just roll with it for now. I just, I just wondered if there Not was like really. a, you know, volume off switch, but that's all right. Does so, anybody? No one is saying anything as of yet. Yeah. So it might be okay on their end. Maybe it's us. Um, Tammy Heisman just said yes. Can hear her twice. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Well, if you don't I readily see a volume button, then <laughs> I don't know what we could possibly uh, do at this point. I'm gonna anybody, look it up. Okay. Hold it. I'm just gonna look it up. Y'all talk amongst yourselves. All right. Um, all right. So, yeah, like I was saying before, one of the uh, one of my favorite parts of the show are the uh, clips of the show of your father working with the transmediums and the audio that goes along with that. Um, to me, hearing I don't know something about hearing the old audio is I don't, it has like a creepy, cool feel to it. And I don't know if you got that vibe as well. Even, and I'm not saying your father was creepy, but I'm just saying that, you know, if you're you're there for a paranormal show, and to me, that's kind of like the more like, ooh, moment of the show. That's creepy. He's creepy. He's creepy. Um, <laughs> and I'm so sorry for the double feedback. I might talk slower. Do you, do you see an equalizer button? Well, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Terminator. Um, there will also be, there should be um, little buttons that look like a megaphone. That this is, one... yeah, mute my audio. Yeah, All right, try that. that. Try that. Now talk. Oh, and now it totally, we lost her. <laughs> Put it back on. <laughs> Put it back on. Put it back on. How's this? It's her phone. Can, uh, Take your phone actually, and actually, lay it go down. ahead. You know what? I'll just go ahead and hit the button again. Hit the button. How's this? There we go. There we go. Yeah, we ended up putting you on the phone audio, um, and now we can hear you fine and no double. Okay, good. We're good. Yeah, All right. On two holders. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> well, there. See one, two, two. All right. This is going to be fun. Yep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It is. What, were you, what were you saying? Now? What's, what's I, you asking me? me? Now I got to remember. What was being said to me? 
about, about what were, what we, were talk- we talking about? Oh well, God. I was mentioning oh, the uh, yeah. the old clips that they show during the show. Yes. Yeah. Hey, listen, you know I'm aged. I'm aging as we speak. <laughs> Just have empathy, man. Have empathy. Work with me. Okay. So, you know, those clips that are being shown in the episodes, when um, we went and we filmed the headquarters scene, some of them were being um, used while we were sitting down and, and preparing, obviously, um, you know, it wasn't anything I had seen before because the production company, uh, Painless Productions, was taking on the task of digitizing a lot of, of work. And so they had these, these clips, you know, and you'll see in every episode it's different. You know, you see this or you see that, which makes the show so unique is it's not really the same every episode but yet it's the same theme. And so I'm watching my father uh, on screen. And one of the clips was with, it's the Whaley house with, he's with Regis, you know, he's hovering over Sybil and he's so young. Back then, God bless him. But you know, it's all good. It's all good. I said, didn't daddy have hair at all? I said to my mother the other day, because we were talking amongst ourselves, you know, your father, no, he, he, no, no, it was a little bit like Count Dracula, for real. A little bit on <laughs> wow. the sides, and then like a, a right down the middle. Yeah. Wow. That's, now- you know, <laughs> that's what's going on in my head while I'm there amongst everybody else. So I've got Gabe, Dave, and the producers, and, and the film crew, and everybody. And that's what's going in my head. I'm laughing to myself. I'm like, Daddy, oh my God, it's so funny. But then it got real. And I had a moment, and I sat there, and I just kind of, we were looking at the footage, you know, and I just, I wanted to cry really hard, really quick. And I couldn't because, you know, the silliness of, you know, makeup, and you're there to work you know, and focus. And I'm having to endure all the emotional parts of it that nobody else really can relate to. They can have empathy for it. But they really, it's not their father, it's not their lineage, and I'm in the field too, so it wasn't just like, hey, I'm just here, you know, that was so difficult for me to see him there and to share him amongst everybody in that room while sticking to trying to be, you know, professional and understanding the goal at hand, and there he is, and I just wanted to just start talking about my father, as you know, and I couldn't do that, and so these clips really resonate a lot more with with me even though there's not much of it you know in the in the show per se but it's enough to to give you the understanding of how he did it back then and how the work was done and to hear him audio i mean you know it's just i don't think people could fully appreciate how difficult that really must have been for you not just once but multiple times because that's what it feels like to me is that every time you're able to hear that and you're hearing it in a setting where everyone else is paying attention for a different reason. Right. <laughs> than, than it's what really you intimate for me. Yeah. yeah. Very, very much so. I have to share it. I have to share that because, you know, this is the deal. This is, this is where we're at, you know, and I've got all these thoughts going through my head and I am trying to, to stay within a certain way. And then there he is. For everybody to, to see and it's not in my living room with the children his grandchildren and how I grew up in my living room with my sister where he would show the family home movies on the screen 
you know, which I think we talked about in our previous um, conversation. It was for whoever was there for, for whatever reason, and I had to sit there and I kind of had to be, like, cool about it. Yeah. You know, so. Right. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. I, I completely understand that because it, even, and, and I'm not saying this has happened, I'm sure it hasn't, but if, if this might sound very childish, but if somebody disagreed with him, your first instinct is to be what? What? Defensive. Very. Right. Very yeah, it's so. Uh, I've learned over the years, especially on social media, dealing with the internet, there have been not really a lot, which is pleasantly um, surprising to me. But there have been people that still put him down or say he's this or that, you know, and it's like it's hard not to go to bat for him. And it's not because I'm in the field, too, and he, you know, was this person. You know, I knew who he was. I know who he still is. I know the work intimately and, you know, it's, it's kind of like a line between I'm defending it for the community, for all of us, because we, we have roots and we learn from our predecessors and we'll learn from the next generation and so forth. And then on top of it, it's personal. So there's a fine line of trying not to be defensive or, you know, or offensive to anybody without coming off like, well, you're the daughter, sorry, dog in background, cute dog. Very good. (laughs) But, you know, but, you know, it, I walk a fine line that nobody else is going to walk with this out there because I am that ambassador, if you will, for mm-hmm. him and for the work. And then I have to worry about myself. How am I coming off? And, you know, to be honest with you, I really don't give a shit. Because <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm very, I know who I am and I'm confident and I really don't, I'm not going to be bullied, I guess. And I've had people in the past kind of say, oh, you're riding his coattails or whatever. And I'm like, am I? Wait, no. what am I not doing? Do you know what I mean? Like I, I kind of got very self, you know. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand it. I mean, yes, you do have a wonderful pedigree, absolutely. But, you know, if you've, you've mentioned a couple times here now that, you know, you are involved with the paranormal field. And I think that's something that doesn't really uh, transfer onto the show is that, you know, the, the show shows you as the daughter of Hans. And, you know, you talk about, you know, the past cases and things that he talked about and his concerns and his viewpoints and things like that. But it, it doesn't come across that you are involved in the paranormal field as well, that you have your own work and your own research that you do and that you're a psychic paranormal investigator. You accomplished in your own right. Yeah. You did not ride coattails. You were just taught by one of the best. Well, and I appreciate that. I mean, that's, you know, this is what I was born into. I didn't ask for it. You know, Uh this is what was my path, whether I chose it from an incarnate to a reincarnation, if you will, to the incarnate. I was waiting in line. I said, yeah, I'm going to be born to that dude, that gal, and they're crazy, but that's what I want. I'm coming back through that. You know, I mean, I don't, you know, and I do believe in past lives and I have theories and beliefs of who I was in the most recent incarnate. But, um, you know, it, it's all interesting because I've always been this way and it takes a lot of chutzpah and balls to put yourself out there, as you all know, and put out a theory or an opinion or actual um, research that you've worked on and put it out there and have people comment on it or reflect on it. And I think if you can disconnect from that and reach people in a positive way, 
you're doing your job. And that's kind of where he came from. You know, he really didn't pay attention to the naysayers or the skeptics or the James Randys of the world. He used the money, though. I said to Dad, I said, honestly, you need to go for it. A million dollars. Come on. <laughs> but whatever. I digress. <laughs> but I, I appreciate that. I really, you know, I have changed a lot of my ways over the years, as we all do. We all transition. You can't be an investigator in this field, you know, if that's the role that you play, or if we're intuitive and investigative, which how are we going to play? We don't know, or, you know, where, rather. It all depends on the situation and the environment. Like with children, you know, it depends on your behavior. If you continue to keep up your grades, then I won't have to ground you. But if you don't and you're not paying attention, then you're going to have no phone, no computer, nothing. You're going to read a book. So it's the same thing in the paranormal. I mean, it really depends on your actions or their lack of and what your intentions are. And everything of my father was pure and passionate and ingrained in him from, I believe, he was chosen from birth that he was going to create and lead this path. And it wasn't easy for him. He had a lot of people coming at him a lot of times that were very nasty for no reason. There's no place in the field for that. You're dealing with life and death and everything in between. That is we a- deal with hardships. Yes. And nasty bosses and, and mm-hmm. difficult uh, children sometimes or personalities or loss of finance or the car that's not working. Do we really need to add to the community of this field? Or we're really trying to all be here and understand why we're here and, and do the best that we can. It's, Where's it's, the love? It's not, it's not unlike when you see people that post and if anyone watching gets pissed at me, hi, <laughs> hey. Um, it's when they, you know, when they post those, you know, by golly, this is it. And that's it. You know, if you say that this is this, you're stupid. And that's what absolutely kills me because you, if you weren't there, if you weren't in the situation, if you did not experience it, your opinion for me means dick. Ooh, nice. (laughs) You know, I mean, it truly does. And that's, I, I love the fact that, that, you fall along those same lines. You know, I'm not, I, I consider those types of opinions beneath my response. You're right, because you're, what you're doing is then you're investing your energy that you need for your own personal life. And, mm-hmm. and, and whether, you know, the paranormal 24-7, you know, it's very different than when dad was doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it's just a whole different world that we're in. But, you know, to, to invest your energy into what people say or think when they don't know you personally mm-hmm. is not worth it. And and you have to disconnect from that. And you have to say, well, that's fine. Bless your soul. Oh, and bless your heart, shoulder. honey. Oh, shoot. Bless <laughs> your heart, honey. Damn it. Bless your soul. See, I'm still so empathetic. It's so bad. My husband's like, come on, you're a tough New York broad. And this is coming from Mr. Alabama. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I am I, from New York. God damn it. What the fuck? I love that your husband is from Alabama. That makes me Isn't that so awesome? happy. I love it. I know. <laughs> he, he's my brother from another mother. Okay. And we've there never. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Mike no, you're what good. What do you have to say? What do I like, have to say? Speak. Well, I'm good. <laughs> we have some. Uh, <laughs> We have some things to catch up with in the uh, in the chat. First, there were a number of super chats that came in early on. So, uh, Tammy Heisman, two dollars super chat. Trucker David Y, five dollars. He said, "Merry Christmas, blessed Yule to all of the Hunter Road Media family." Also, congratulations, Alexandra. 
Uh, $5 yeah. super chat from Tom McNicholas. Congrats to Holster Files and being a part of the Haunted Road Media family. And then Basis1945, a $5 super chat. So thank you all very, very much for that. Really do appreciate it. Yes. And then we have a question from Leslie Fear. She asks, what do you feel <laughs> is the most interesting paranormal story or interview your father ever did? Ooh. <laughs> well, here, okay. I have a story. My God, this is going to be my whole thing. Eventually, people are going to be like, at this point, just make a goddamn movie older. Right. All right. I have yeah. a story. And it, it has to do with, and I know he's still around. He's not that old. But I hope if he sees this, which I don't know he will, but I'm going to say do you all remember Alan Thick and yeah. um, he had a, a, a TV show called The Thick of the Night? I remember well, my, a different one. Uh, different it's one. A, yeah, it's called The Thick of the Night, hosted by Alan Thick on obviously, you know, one of the five or seven channels we had. Right. <laughs> Pre <laughs> the cable, one of the long before know, cable. Channel, right. I think it was Channel Seven or something. Um, and for you younger people, that's long it. before streaming. Yeah. <laughs> this is one we had push no dial phones. Wait a minute. Yeah, you turned remember. it. You turned it. Don't they turn that dial. They were attached to the wall. They were attached to the wall. Yeah. Yeah, now they're a novelty. They've turned into cameras with the cat. Like okay, anyway. So um so my father and he had a lot of interviews. He did Johnny Carson, obviously Regis with Kathy Lee, but he did a lot I mean Carson, my God. But so he did he went on to the Alan Sick Sick of the Night show. And so it didn't go very well. Apparently, <laughs> Alan Fick was not a believer in the paranormal, in the field itself. And so my father went on, and he didn't have anybody representing him. He never had a manager. He never had an agent. He was, you know, that was it. So he didn't really get information, I guess, as to what was going to be asked of him. I don't think he gave a shit. You know, he, he's going to bring it, whatever it is, you know. So... He does the interview, and Alan Six starts to go and peck at my father. And like, well, I don't believe in this. What do you? And my father was just like, you know, well, that is absurd. And what are you talking about? And this is no, no, no. Let me explain to you what this means. There is such thing as ghosts. And let me tell you what ghost is. I love <laughs> like, the way you do the accent. <laughs> Well, you know, this is the Dracula's. I don't right. know what the fuck. But it's New York. We, we, we New York vampire. vampires. But he just was so insulted because Alan Thick wasn't understanding it. And I don't know if he brought dad on to bait him to make it for good viewership. You know, mm. even back then. I mean, entertainment's entertainment. Right. Um, I don't think a lot of people took him seriously as other talk shows had done. Um, I think Johnny Carson went well. Um, Regis, he did very well with a few times, clearly, because in you know, Whaley House, before that show came out, Regis had already connected to Dad, you know. So, but this one show was like, and my father, so he, he came back after the taping, and I was like little, you know. He comes back, he's like, what is this shit? He questioned <laughs> me. But he know. He's not acting any way he gets talk show. So what that tell you? Nothing. He's shit actor. <laughs> like, daddy. He's like, what? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. I'll just let you be. Oh, that's I hilarious. <laughs> wow. 
Uh, that just that just cracks me up. I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> you really can't. Who yeah. Who's going to tell a story like that? You just It is what it is. You know what I mean? Hashtag that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that fuck. Awesome. I mean, you know, that I had no friends because of that. I mean, who the fuck talks like that? Really? You don't Daddy. do that. You it's have awesome. people coming over. You just don't do that. No, I mean, it just means he's very, very authentic. Yep. See, I would have found that unbelievably interesting. Yeah, absolutely. He was rogue. He was rogue, man. Let's just call it what it is. He was on his own path of being in control a little bit too much at times. Didn't give a shit about anything other than the course of action, which would either go left or right or in the middle. And anything around it, he would either be interested in you're full of shit go like when he would test the psychics that would come over the house I could hear some of the ladies were like leave you know I'm like what the Zenner card session didn't go well honey I don't know <laughs> what for but me I say bless him for that because I mean honestly he, 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 especially even then but especially today the bullshit that can, that's out there you know what when somebody dimes somebody out or calls them out when they're obviously being fake I, I, I do I do a little dance and I applaud in my living room, you know. Little, you know it, it's <laughs> and this and it's really <laughs> that's when you say bless your heart, bless your heart, love, bless your heart, bless your heart. <laughs> because to me, to me, anybody that does what you and I do should be okay being questioned. I have no problem. I agree with you. I really yeah. I don't I don't have a problem. I think. No. If you're going to be in it, then be in it with your with both pant legs on, matching socks, maybe a nice pair of shoes. I don't know, but you know, you either do it or you don't. You can't yeah. half-ass this shit. Yeah, either you're in it, and you and also don't forget, we're all learning. Yes, we're all on a path. We're on a journey. We've heard this expression before, guys. Yeah, you and know, I think I mean, that's what people don't understand is that you know we we don't have all the answers we're still learning most everything that we're dealing with here are theories and we're learning as we go along exactly i can't tell you how many people contact me on a weekly basis about a particular missing persons case or something like that and i would be like don't know i'm getting nothing they're like but vanessa i'm like you want me to lie to you i mean i guess oh, come on, vanessa, you, right have the, you have the lottery numbers this week right I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My email is. <laughs> I'd, I'd hook yep. you up. <laughs> I know you would. You would. That's what I'm sugar. I know. She's my sugar. <laughs> so we have a uh, a ten dollars super chat from Chipper Terry. She says, "Thank you Thank for you. bringing Alex back." Yes. So, yeah, we do appreciate having Alex back here. And then um, we also have another question here from Leslie Fear. Did any place your father investigate frighten him? No, Never absolutely not. And and th and this is the thing. And I know it, it might be hard to hear that answer or to I say it all the time. Perspective of <laughs> <laughs> there's a perspective here, and 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 I'm I'm trying to run it parallel to today. And with what's out there, it's been out there for over a decade with, with kind of showing more of the, of the subject matter, if you will, in different formats. The reason being is my father knew that fear is an emotion. It's fleeting. Just like when we're in a moment and we have a partner and we say, I hate you today. 
that's going to pass because later on you're going to love them again because maybe you had an argument and you don't see eye to eye. You just look up and leave them. This is part of life. It goes up, it goes down. Well, in the field of the paranormal, he always felt that on any case in the listen, he's had tables go across the room in my living room growing up. They were holding a seance, and I'll give you a quick interesting story for her and for all of you. So um, Ethel Myers, which obviously we all now know who she is from the show, her husband was John Myers. And I want to say Myers, but I want to say Myers, but I don't know. It is what it is. <laughs> but um, so John Myers uh, is the person that had connected to my father. Ethel was his wife. They were both mediums. Um, so there were several occasions in our apartment where um, my father and John would create these seances, these sessions. My mother obviously was there. We were to be to our rooms. I think my sister was never home at that point. You know, we're eight years in age apart. So I was really there with the brunt of the, the energies coming in and out and whatever. And um, my grandmother, Rosine uh, Buxhoven, who married the Counts of Russia, my mother's mother was there. Became very good friends with Ethel and John Myers as well. You know, it was like this whole thing. And they had a seance. And so my grandmother, Rosine Boxhoveden, uh, in France, there was an axe murderer or murderer general named Bluebeard. So she thought, wouldn't it be interesting to try to contact Blueberry? So this wasn't just about seeing who was around, like what we do today with Ouija or talking boards over the years, like a specific thing. She was going after a specific uh, entity, per se, but she wasn't sure if she should ask about it, so she decided not to, right? So they begin the session. Everything's cleared. And you've got John and Ethel, mother, grandmother, father. There might have been somebody else, maybe an actor, who knows, you know, is quirky. And they're holding the same. And they said, if anybody is would like to contact us, please come through. Now, this is back in the day. No internet, no nothing, right. no horror films to that degree. And what comes through, that the, uh, the Myers are picking up, and then my grandmother, who was very psychic, was Bluebeard. So Blue, Bluebeard comes through the session, and everybody's like, okay, we're going to ask the session to end and ask you to leave. And the, and the table started shaking and it went, and all their hands went like this. And the thing went against the radiator, against the window of our living room. So this was the Normandy building in Manhattan, which takes up two blocks. It looks like the um, building in Ghostbusters with the two t twin towers. Oh, okay, yeah. Wow. That's what my building replicates, which in itself is really That's cool. very bizarre. <laughs> very um, so the radiator is built into the window, if you will. It's not this little radiator with the coils. Mm. It's actually built in with the slot. And we had a huge, you know, windows and a view to the Hudson River. We were in front of Riverside Drive Park. Beautiful. And the table went right across the thing. And they were like, okay, we're done. So just by projecting ahead, and we talk about ESP and what we're creating when we create, when we do a thing which is talking boards, Ouija, whatever. It doesn't matter what tool you're using, you know. If you're projecting it out there, it's already connecting. You have to be really careful. So this is, this is I think, back in the, in the mid-'70s. Hmm. You, you really do, though. You're making an excellent point. You, that's one of the reasons why I think, I mean, Mike knows when he's going into a location, he knows what his intentions are. I know what yeah. my intentions are. That's why there's really not any fear. You know, and I've been in some pretty sketchy places, as has Mike, as have you. I I have to question, 
people that do feel a lot of fear that are in the field. If you're not in the field, that's different. But if you're in the field and you're going in with that, you have to know that, that you're going to draw something there that's seeking that yep. instead of, instead of something that actually wants to communicate or converse with you or, or have some type of interaction. And that's, I, that's well, the thing I'm just like banging my head. I don't understand why people don't get that. Well, well, here's the thing. I understand. I understand it. And I'm not saying that anyone doesn't have a moment of fear, but at some point you've got to get control and understand why you're doing this and why you're there, and why you're part of it, whatever role you're supposed to play on the investigation or the interest or curiosity of where you are doing what you're doing. If you're going to have that reaction, which of course is human nature, I think to see your energy bill would be that reaction of <gasps> versus that environment where clearly it's purportedly haunted and you're going to find out what's going on or get to the bottom of the case like an investigator, like a, you know, a PI, then why are you afraid? Because it's going, something might just happen that you can't explain. And isn't that yeah. why you're part of all of this? Yes, right, so, exactly. Yes. And from, an, from an outsider looking in on onto your father's cases, to me, you know, he seemed like a very grounded person. He's there to investigate. He's very curious about what's going on and to help if he can. So I think fear or being afraid of the situation is probably one of the furthest, furthest things from his mind going in there because he already has kind of a set mission going in. Am I, am I correct in that assessment? Absolutely. You know, I mean, and maybe because he comes from a different time and age and era, mm -hmm. maybe because he wasn't influenced other than from his predecessors before him, where he collected every piece of um, journalism, books written, um, you know, submitted reports or findings, you know, I mean, we've inherited all that. I mean, it goes back to the 1700s. I've got parapsychology wow. handbooks that today you look at and go, what is this? I mean, he was all about information and learning, but at no given point was it about the fear factor. Obviously, you're going in head on. You're going to deal with something that's either going to be really bad and difficult or not so bad and needs help and moves on. And then what's in between? Because don't forget, he was obviously a sky watcher. He knew about <laughs> other species and life forms, you know. Right. And so it wasn't so uncommon to, if you're going to expand your brain and your mind rather, then you have to look at everything as a whole. The paranormal is not just about ghosts or negative energies, what we call poltergeists, which are a different type of haunting, but they fall within the line of them. Um, and what you think is, is negative energy or what we call demons, and that's a whole different area. <laughs> but we won't go there. But, you know, I mean, the point is is that there was there's so much to it layered like an onion, which I've said on... on um, a couple of my little what are the quibbies that I've made for the show. I, I think I've made three. Some of the cases were layered like an onion. A lot of them are. Because in reality, it's not open and shut. Like, yep, okay. There's always questions to be answered. And even when you have the answers, it's still there lingering. Because that's part of nature. It's natural, you know. But there's too much there to, to have the energy driven into fear. I'm not saying that there's not a moment that you can't be afraid if a table goes flying across the room. I'm just saying he, he kept his shit together. So did my mother, so did my exactly. grandmother, so did the Myers. Yeah. Because they were in control and they knew that they could be ahead of it and have it move out of the environment. 
Exactly. And I, I was fine. I wasn't, nothing ever really, I mean, I had experiences growing up, clearly. That's another show in itself. So whatever, you know. But I, yeah, we do have a, uh, yeah, we do have a quick question here from uh, Alina. And she asked, how old were you when you started finding out about the paranormal? And how did you react to it? And I, I'm guessing it was just a part of your everyday life from day one. Yeah, I came out of the birth canal and it was like, listen, kid, (laughs) it ain't going to go over well when you hit school in the 70s. You ain't going to have any friends. And your mother, she's an artist and she's just as cookie as your dad. So good luck. (laughs) After you go in the canal. And look how amazing you turned out. Oh, stop. (laughs) So that's, I'm telling you, I tell my son every day having a weird mother builds character. It really does. it, it helps well, us validate for children why we are the way we are. We can go about our day. Exactly. Well, I have to say, no. your family is anything but boring. No, no. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> and I, I was actually the comedic relief in the family, which I can explain at some point. Um, I was about age five. And it was um, Rosine that I just spoke about, my grandmother, who married the Counts of Russia. Um, Nana, affectionately we called she was there a lot. And even after my parents divorced, it was very amicable. She actually treated my father like her own son, you know? Oh, nice. Uh-oh. Where are you? Did I lose what? you? You lost us? We can see you, Yeah, honey. we can see you just fine. Oh, I can't see you. Uh-oh. I hate this fucking thing. Where am I? <laughs> I swear I didn't do anything. Oh, there you are. <laughs> Maybe it just timed out or something. I don't know. Screensaver? Whatever. I'm going to have a chat with this thing I'm a jiggy Chroman book. Okay. So I was about five and um, we we went out to Long Island quite a bit. Um, Nana lived out in Ronkonkoma. So about an hour and a half with traffic from the city. Mom had always had a car. You know, nowadays that's insane. It was affordable. You had parking. You could actually find a little bit of parking. So we were in our green Mazda station wagon, which I have a story for that too for another day. It's really weird. The more I talk, the more I realize I have a lot of stories. You have a lot, yeah. um, There's a lot. So, you know, we're riding along, and then we're taking her back home. She had come to stay with us at the apartment, and we were taking her home. We're sitting in the back, and in order to go out, you pass by Queens to get out. It's part of, you know, the five mile, and you go, and then you hit the LIE. There's this huge cemetery that I just um, did a show with um, Spiegel. Oh, my God, I can't remember names anymore. He's been around forever. The network had um, Dave and I do his show. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. Lee no, we I think we just Lee lost Spiegel. Vanessa. <gasps> oh, my God. What is going on? I don't know. All right. Maybe it's just the entire internet tonight. So uh, she'll call back in. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so bad. Oh, it's oh fine. She God. might have just tried to message me or something, but because I just felt this buzz. But go ahead, continue the story, and we'll see if we get her back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So um, I had told this to Lee Spiegel because the network um, had uh, arranged Dave and I to to do an interview. There she is. There she is. Now she's on the bottom. (laughs) My my computer totally froze and then kicked me off. I wonder, listen, I'm not saying nothing for nothing, but I wonder if my father's doing something here. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't, he's mad at me. I didn't it. He might be messing around. I don't know. I mean, even Alex, even from before you connected with us, I was having all kinds of issues here. And then when you connected, we're having issues there. And now these 
But it's all connected because yeah. we were doing this today anyway. So it's, right. all, it's all freaking connected. So <laughs> somebody doesn't want us to connect. Um, we're still here. So I was saying, yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. So F U around us. Okay. So <laughs> we're of the living. We have some control. That's right. Um, so I did Lee Spiegel's radio show and I had told him about, you know, we're, he was bringing up Queens and this huge ass cemetery and it's on the way to my grandmother's when we were taking her home. Um, out in the island, and so we passed by the, the cemetery, and it goes on for miles. So at age five, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" And it doesn't end, and all those dead bodies. I kept thinking at that age, "Oh my god, that's so gross. What's the point? What's the point?" So Nana leans into me, and she was already working with my father too. It, so it's my mother, my grandmother, everybody had connected, you know, and I, I was just coming you know, more aware of it. And she's like, Alex, darling, French, what do you pick up? What is this thing, darling? You think, qu'est-ce que c'était? Tu, tu veux, uh, <laughs> tu es heureuse? Tu es pas heureuse? Dis à ton nana, qu'est-ce que, qu que tu veux? You know, and I said, well, what do I want? I said, I want to understand why the cemetery is so damn big. It's silly. And she goes, darling, she said to me. Shura means Alex in Russian. It's oh. my middle name. Curse my parents for doing that. It's Alex Alex Holzer? Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it means. Nice. <laughs> that is the best ever. So, like, whatever, you know. So, she said, darling, they put the people in the ground when they die. C'est comme ça, c'est la vie. And I'm like, That's it? That's life? I'm like, that makes no sense. And And at that point, she saw in me that I had such a curiosity over something that a, an average child might just be like, whatever. Right. And that's kind of the first time that I realized I was able to talk about death with my grandmother who was actively working with my family. Everybody worked together, honestly. Oh, nice. You know, it was a family affair and it went on to the next generation. So that's when it all began for me and I just kind of went from there. And I had experiences in the apartment. A lot of things happened when he went to work. A lot of weird shit happened. Interesting. Um, I do have a, a quick question because you, you mentioned earlier about uh, pronunciation of, of people's names and I always find the accents and everything uh, amazing. You do a great job with that um, and, the, and the languages. But everybody calls your father Hans, but listening on the show to his recordings, he's calling himself Hans. So which is it? It's... <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Hans Holza because he's European. So he's, you know, with he's Vienna from Vienna. So the problem is it gets muddled. So he's been in the States in his early, uh, I'd say late, I'd say 18, 15 to 18. Uh, he came over just before the war. And so he kind of has that muddled New York slash Austrian accent. But also when you're hearing the tape, you're old. And so what was explained to me from the production company was it's, it's the way it sounds, the way the sound comes off, the tape, it's stretched, and the, the age and the whole thing, that back then sound on these reels really sounded that way. Hmm. Nowadays when we have digital this and that and we clean this up and clean that up, everything gets kind of distorted, I guess. But um, a lot of people in our life that would, would come over and interact with us in the family always said, hi, Hans. Or high school. So it was either Hans or Haunt. 
And okay. the other thing that people would do, they'd always put this magical T in our last name, like hopeful. Like, <laughs> listen, I don't see no T and no hoser. <laughs> what the hell are you saying? And my teachers would be like, Alexandra, hopeful. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I've been guilty of that. I've been guilty of that. Oh, but I'm not going to pick on you because no. I love you. So it's oh, okay. well, thank you. <laughs> I've, I've tried to clean it up, but yeah, every once in a while, the, the tea will slip in there. And I don't know what it is. I really don't. It's just the way my tongue but works a, or something. I don't know. I don't know. You're dyslexic, aren't we all, though? <laughs> to some degree, right? <laughs> but yeah, so the reels are very old, you know, and, okay. the, and so you're going to hear a different audio sound to that. But as I remember, people would say Hans or Hans. And he would always like to pronunciate it as he got older as, you know, this is Hans Holzer, but it was always, this is Dr. Hans Holzer. I mean, it was Professor Dr. Hans Holzer because he had both titles. Right. So it's like, make up your mind. I mean, I have these old business cards of him where it's either Professor Hans Holzer or Professor Dr. Hans Holzer or Hans Holzer. I'm like, well, what point of your career are we looking at here? <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe that could give you some clue as to what point in the career if he was using the title at one point and not at others. I don't know, you know, I with him, he was constantly on the move. He was I just mean, all over the place? Like, yeah, between Europe and then the state, and then conferences, and then lecturing, and then he would do a lot of work with the Eileen Garrett Foundation in um, New York, and actually the granddaughter, um, Lisette Crawley, and I had connected years and years ago, um, you know, because my father's past 10 years, you know, this year, and she and I had connected. And they have, my father had donated a, uh, a lot of his work to them for their library, oh, wow. as okay. researchers should do. Yeah, and Lisette runs it. And there's a lot of old footage of him, you know. And it recently, I found it actually, the SPR in England, which is obviously a very noted, incredible organization, long time running. These are people my father um, would have loved and have, had known about, obviously. But they had uh, retweeted on Twitter, you know, whatever that Twitter thing is. But um, they um, showed a clip of him talking for Lisette, you know, with other um, people in the field, noted, you know, people and much older people and amazing and handing off the torch to my father. And this one speaker was so kind to my father and saying, you know, he's written like so many books. But I introduce you now to, you know, Dr. Hans Holzer, and there's my father in his cardigan sweater and T-shirt that <laughs> I'm telling you, oh, my God, didn't match. So when you see the TV show with the Holzer files, you know, he, he was dressed very, like, you know, and that's how, and, but you see every 10 years we change our outfit. Oh, okay. I'm watching the footage of Dad, and I'm like, you did this on camera wearing a brown cardigan that you walk around that house in? <laughs> Oh my God, this was in 1999, but I had just become pregnant with my first child, so I had no idea he was doing this. Had right. I known, and I had still lived at home at the time, and I didn't have anybody to get married to and have a baby with, I was like, Daddy, you're not leaving the house that way. You can't look like that. <laughs> so he wasn't so very bad. stylish, huh? He didn't give a shit. He didn't give a shit. Listen. <laughs> You know, he wore blue with black and maybe brown. And I'm like, Daddy, could you pick one and then work with that? You know what I mean? He didn't care. My father was, when he went out, he dressed appropriately. 
He always wore a trench coat. He must have had in his closet. I used to uh, actually, in a, as a child, play with the trench coats. I used to hide in oh, each one. Cool. Um, we had those deep closets in Manhattan. It was a really great apartment. And his fedora hat. So I used to put them on and be like, I'm on Trench coat and a fedora. Uh-huh. Man after my own heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but he, my father, and he had gotten older, you know, um, the type of appearances he would make would change for him. But if he ever went on set, you know, he did like Marvin Scott on, um, was it Channel yeah. 11, WPIX? He wore a nice, you know, jacket and a dress shirt. But at home, he really was about wearing like T-shirts with tats on them and a pair of pants. <laughs> and then he cool. had that brown cardigan that he loved. There's nothing wrong with that. He was home. He was writing. He was working. He was always on the phone constantly you know he had other projects that he was trying to get into he was a writer too so it's i think people you know maybe don't understand him at times like that too he wasn't just an investigator and a researcher and an academic and a phd and a professor my father was a creative he wrote music and which he sold at one time you know and he he taught himself self-taught so and the accordion and he was very worldly like that so wow Cool. I apologize to y'all. It says my bandwidth is low. I have the fastest internet in Oklahoma. <laughs> yet my bandwidth is low. Go figure. Go figure. It's the internet jumbies. Yeah. So, well, we have a couple more questions here down in the chat room before um, before we say goodbye. We, we don't have too much longer left here. But um, from Chipper Terry and um, some others have been wondering this as well. Where, will there be a season two? <laughs> I cannot answer that question, but I will tell you that 2020 is a good year, and I can tell you that I appreciate the question because it shows the interest and the love, and so uh, I know there's many people that were part of the show, but I am the only person that it, I think affects very differently. And I can promise you that um, every effort's being made to go into the new year with great stuff. And so, you know, uh, I really can't say anything other than, you know, thank you for the, the interest, love, and support. And I think that you guys will be happy continuing into 2020. And not just because of the show, per se, but because I am helming his work as well. And there's a lot to get out there. Yeah, I'd like a documentary made on his life. I would like to see some feature films for him. Right, Vanessa, we talked about Yes. Also, where the fuck am I going in all this? I don't know. But I'd like to get out there, too, and, and use my, my Holzer method that my father taught me and and see where that goes, too. There's a, there's a lot of great stuff. But I think 2020 is going to be a good year for Holzer. And it's not vanity. It, it, I think it's time. And there's a lot of information and education to be had through my father's work and also through my own work. And I think if you guys, you know, keep with the love and the interest and support, we will all be so successful together because without everybody, we're not going to be able to do it. I certainly can't do it by myself. I need a voice and I need people to keep interested and not just for the Holzer files, but for myself because I am the living Holzer here, although dad is still around. (laughs) I really need that support and interest and to give me your faith and trust and belief, I promise. I will not disappoint you, but I have a lot to teach. I really do. And I have a lot to say and I have a lot to do. So, 
Absolutely. So you guys stay tuned. You never know what may be next on the horizon. So. Well, and Alex, real quick, before I lose my internet again, <laughs> 2020, I know, right? 2020, me and you need to hook up and hit a location. You know, if, if something's going to happen, we're going to set a fire and it's going to go down in flames as we walk out saying, I don't know, Oh, yeah. shit. Something's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm, but it, I'm it needs to happen. I'm very afraid. <laughs> There's my fear. I'm her fear. I am. <laughs> Listen, Wiz, I'll just walk into a place and say, before y'all, I'm going to hang you on next to you. Don't mess with her. Yeah, yes. no, I agree. I would yes. love the opportunity. I, I have a lot of logistics here because I'm the at-home mama. Yeah. And right. hubby has to go to work. And that there's not much room there, you know. And there's all these kids. But, I, I you know, we're all working together as a family here for the Holzer work as well. We're all supportive of each other. It's important to get out there. Dad had it a little bit different because he only had two kids that were fairly taken care of from Nana. So yeah. I have logistics here, but I don't. I think that would be awesome. And I would love all of us to be together for something, you yeah, know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, some stuff here from Jason Thompson. First of all, He's a uh, he's a musician, heavy metal band based in Atlanta, working hard on lyrics for a song by Amityville dedicated to Hans Holzer. And he's wondering, did your father and the Warrens ever come to an agreement on the Amityville case? Oh, God, no. Here's the deal. <laughs> we, we talked about Zaffis earlier. You know, right. Zaffis and I and um, his, his colleagues, sweet guy, Dan, um, we had gone to the Shanley Hotel in Napanock, New York, and we filmed the sizzle because he and I were actually pitching a show together. Okay. And um, so we were, you know, roughing it, if you will. And it was just so funny. And at one point on camera, we said, he's like, here I am with Holzer's daughter. <laughs> here I am with the one nephew. And he's like, two family rivals. But here we are together. You know how he talks. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because John and I, um, when we do get together, and it's been a really t long time since he and I actually were in the same room together, but we do have much love for each other. Um, you know, there's a connection there that nobody else can really understand or relate to. Mm -hmm. My father loved Ed Warren, had nothing but pleasant things to say about him. The rest of it, he had his own opinion on. I can't really say, but um, Ed, he was fine with, I think he just had issues with, I guess, Lorraine, um, because he, his job was also to test the medium or right. psychics or whatever the hell they want to call themselves. There's all different degrees to it. He really took that very seriously, and he only said 50% are accurate, 50% is bullshit. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. That's just his take on how he tested it with dinner cards, ESP, proof of you knowing something that you can't possibly know. In other words, he'd have them tell him information about his own life as a child. Okay. You know, what happened to me at this point? You know, you got to prove it. You know, if you're really that tuned in and tapped in, and some people can and some people can't, they're better in other areas. So he never felt that way with her, but with Ed, he really felt that his intentions were pure and that he was really doing the work because in the seventies there was, we had the spiritual movement, you know, sixties right. into seventies. It was, you know, the spiritual movement, but it really began with spiritism 
in the 1700s in France with the pen name of Alan Kardec. And there's books on that, and there's a Netflix uh, film that was made off of that. So my father came into that movement, and everybody was psychic or this, or, hey, you know, be free and open. But when it came to the war, you know, it wasn't the same kind of work. And, you know, he came out actually in the 40s before. He was around before, um, starting to do the work of being a skeptic journalist. And I think maybe he, you know, maybe even a little bit critical, you know, but I do know how he felt about Ed. We did have that talk. And as far as Lorraine, you know, I just don't think he was pleased with what he saw. And I don't, which is why I guess they never worked together. That makes sense. Yeah. And then specifically Amityville, they had differing opinions on what was going on there. So, yeah. Right. And there was different cases. You're dealing one dealt with the Lutzes and my father dealt with the DeFeos. DeFeos was that family that first was there. And, you know, you know, when Louise uh, DeFeo, you know, the family had a car dealership, there was money and the gift, I think, for the, the family was to buy that house. Ocean Avenue, which wasn't the original address to begin with. The house was right. moved from another location, blah, blah, blah. To it, and he really went into the history of it. And I think with the Lutzis thing, and some people were confused that dad was part of that, but he had nothing to do with it. He dealt with the DeFeos. He went to both prisons that DeFeo was in after they had moved him from the first one. He recorded him in prison. He interviewed him. And then he went on with, you know, being the, the first case of, of a plea of, uh, demonic possession and being taken over by an energy and doing these killings. That's not for me to say or not say I wasn't there. That was his findings or his beliefs with Ethel. I think a lot of it is valid and true and maybe some of it's not. I don't know. But, um, you know, the whole thing with the Lutzes had to do with them with the warnings and that's okay too. That's what they came into but it had nothing to do with him. So I guess, you know, it's his case. He maybe felt like, well, that's not what I found. You know, who knows? Right. You know? No, I totally get it. And, and I really in, enjoyed your father's research into the history of that location, finding the original house and, you know, the, the stories that, that predated the building that's there now. So um, that that's was always really, really interesting. Really more important. It really lends to kind of like, you know, the Holzer file, you know, getting to the history of it first and getting a, a baseline for that before you go into and seeing if there's anything still residual there, if you will. Um, the, the storytelling of it is the history. We, we all are making history as we speak now. So it's kind of relative and cyclical to our existence here, if you will. Yeah. And we um, never really got into it uh, pertaining to the show. Um, I, I really enjoyed the episodes in which you guys really broke down the history and you know, we're kind of uncovering the original nuggets of, of the legends, like Oceanborn Mary is like that. That story kind of got turned up on its head, you know, and I remember you reading remember? that Yankee Golds, Ghosts. Hmm? Do you remember what Vanessa said in, when we did the show before the show aired? Do you remember, Vanessa, what you said? You're going to find, you had said on air that you, were, you guys are right about one place that has another you know, piece of information oh. that it, it was a parallel. Do you remember you saying that? Right. I, I, I kind of remember that. Yeah. Here, and I sat here and I knew exactly what she was talking about. There's you knew she was talking about Oceanborn Mary. Okay. There's two, but it was the Oceanborn Mary that I, that came to my head, which is ESP because I knew exactly what she was talking about. There was two cases similar to that, but this one really stood out and I knew exactly what she was picking up on. And there was no way in hell that she could have known that. Right. That's how fantastic she is. 
Me? And that's another thing in this field. <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> The woman behind you. <laughs> I couldn't hear you at first. <laughs> I froze. Your internet sucks. It does um, tonight. So this has been this today, starting with poor Mike. So, yeah, well. But, you know, he picked up on that. And as a fellow intuitive, I don't sit here and go, well, oh, well, I don't know if she's right or not. That's the whole thing, too. Is we all need to be respectful of each other's gifts and talents and abilities. And we all have it. Some just yeah. are going to go with it and some are going to leave this world and maybe come back again and have an incarnate of that. I don't know. But I was floored by it because I knew exactly what she was talking about and the show hadn't even aired yet with that. And I knew, oh my God, she's picking up on this one case because it's split in two and I can't say shit about it because <laughs> I can't say shit about right. it. So if I was right on... Uh-oh. That was a big <laughs> We lost her. But she froze. She, she froze. At least she kind of has a smile on her face. Like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I froze again. So you I have did, no fucking totally. idea what just happened. But you yeah. froze in a good pose, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. So I'm just saying, hey, your daddy told me what you're going to be doing. So, yeah, and I told and, I, and this is genuine. And I believe it because I, I heard it and I connected with it. If somebody was to tell this to me from another source and be like, oh, yeah, I've, I heard from him. This is what he said. And I'm not feeling that connection. And, I, and I'm trying to tap in myself to, to validate it. I'm not trying to poo-poo it at first, but I really need to validate it. Right. Do you know what I mean? I can't just take it for face value because you said my father's name and, oh, you spoke to him. There are people that, that might connect to him. There are people that probably won't because I'm connecting to him a lot. There's a lot more at times where I'm just like, oh, my God. But what she said was so on point and defined. I I knew I knew exactly where it was going, mm -hmm. and I can't prove it, but it happened and it was real. And the show hadn't even aired yet. And if you look at that episode and you go back to the show that we had just done and you hear what she said and you go watch the episode, you're going to see that correlation. And we lost her. <laughs> <sighs> Poor Vanessa. I oh. know. Okay. Well, we are at our hour mark anyway, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. So please let everybody know how they can find you, where they can find out uh, any coming up uh, or any information about anything coming up with you and where they can find you. Leave me alone. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> at least at least let you have yeah. the holidays, right? <laughs> there she is. She's well, back. Well, whatever. Yay, because I'm leaving. <laughs> so now you're coming. I'm going. What is this? I don't know. <laughs> That's my Yiddish. That's Yiddish. You like it? Oh, is she, <laughs> she frozen She came again? in it's frozen. It's not a good one. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so bad. Um, That's terrible. Well, obviously, it is terrible. Come on, Vanessa. Unfreeze. Unfreeze. I'm going to will it. I'm going to will it to happen. There you go. Um, so, I'm on social media. We've talked about this before. I try my best to keep up with answering people. I really do. And I give intelligent, thoughtful responses back um, because I'm trying to educate people. So they can find me on um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Uh, then I have my website, which is myname.com. And they can write to me as well. Uh, I do local events with the Hunt with Holzer, which we created, my husband and I, years and years ago to honor my father. But we are continuing on the method. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to stay local to New York and the Hudson Valley area. 
uh, for the history that we have here. And, and not just because my father did a lot of work here too, but there's a lot of undiscovered areas and reported hauntings and so forth that I would like to, to, you know, research as well. Um, you know, I have a lot of projects that I'd like to, to get going at some point. I don't know, but, uh, we'll just have to get into the new year. But, you know, I am approachable, you know, unless you're nasty to me, then I'm just going to be like, whatever. Bye-bye. Yeah. You're definitely very approachable. So, uh, really appreciate you have, or geez, it's a lot, been a long day already. <laughs> this is so great. This is so great. This is better than just going back and forth. I mean, who wants to watch a show like that all exactly, the time? Exactly. Exactly. It's entertaining. It is. Uh, watch them bumble around. <laughs> Poor Vanessa, too. I know. She's, I don't even know if she's going to be back, but, um, no, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Absolutely appreciate it. Please, everybody, go check out Alex's website. Check out all of her information. Find her on social media. Watch the Holzer Files. You know, let the network know that you want a second season and that you want to see more of Alex. So, um, again, appreciate having you on the show, and you have a good night. Thank you. You too. I love you guys so much, and thank you for those that took the time to listen to your wonderful show and ask questions. That's what it's about. The more we have of that, the bigger we can grow. And I'm here to share with everybody. There's no vanity here. There's no agenda. And I need people behind me to get this out there. And I need that support. I can't just, you know, do it on my own. If I could, I would have done it years ago. So everybody's part of this one effort. Everybody's a holder when they put that effort in, you know. There you so. go. We're all here to help each other out. Yep. So That's it. All right. That's it. Well, thank you, love. Thank you, too, Alex. You have a great night. You, too, sweetheart. Bye-bye. Bye. I need a moment of